2: This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. Today's program is pre recorded. This is Women to
1: Watch. To rise above all of the noise and fulfill every last
3: one of your dreams.
4: Women to Watch. Sharing the real stories of the most accomplished women in the world. It is for
3: those frightened children who want peace. It is for those voiceless children want change.
4: Be inspired by women from across the globe who are encouraging more women to pursue their dreams.
1: True philanthropy comes from living from the heart of yourself and giving what you have been given.
3: Now, Women to Watch. Here's your host, Sue Rocco. Good evening, everyone, and thank you again for being with us for another week of Women to Watch. Uh, Once again, I'm recording this show from home. And I want to give a big shout out and a big thank you to my producer, Frank, for doing such a great job remotely for all of us and kind of keeping things rolling along. Um, I hope you all continue to be well and enjoy the show tonight. I'm so excited for tonight's show because you're going to be finally meeting our brand new legal watch on air contributor, Nicole Hittner. Uh, Nicole is a partner at Ballard Spar, one of the largest firms in the country, and we'll be talking about not only her story, but how her firm is dealing with the current pandemic, uh, which is taking place globally. If you're new to the show, be sure to stay with us during the breaks, where you'll hear from our exclusive watch team of on-air contributors. They bring their expertise and inspiration in the fields of health, finance, technology, business leadership, and very soon, uh, the legal industry with our, with our new legal watch. As always, be sure to visit our website at womentowatch.net to sign up for our newsletter, follow us on social media, and view our guest lineup to see who's coming on the show next. And now I'm thrilled and honored to welcome to the show, Nicole Hittner. Nicole, thanks so much for being with me.
0: Sure. Thanks for having me.
3: So this is an interesting, you know, uh, way to do the show. Everyone's kind of doing things out of the ordinary. And um, I wanted to open the show and start with what your firm, Ballard Spar, uh, might be doing in light of the the circumstances. And I know that through my research, they have um, implemented a COVID-19 resource center. And I just wonder if you can give the listeners what top of mind they should be having um, as far as what to be thinking about when they're thinking of their businesses and, and any legal matters?
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, as you mentioned, we do have a COVID 19 resource um, page that is right I at mean, it's com. It's right at the very home page. And we have a whole team of attorneys constantly updating that because really everything is changing minute by minute. Um, you know, over the weekend there was additional guidance given and it just continues to be refined from a legal standpoint what, um, businesses can do and can't do and what you should be thinking about with respect to your employees and your operations. And so, I mean, my best advice would be to, um, check with a lawyer or if you feel savvy enough to, navigate it yourself, but to be checking minute by minute because things are changing just constantly the rules of all of this.
3: Yeah. So I guess it's probably not beneficial to give any general information. It really is going to be case by case, each individual being very much connected and in touch um, with their attorney or, you know, someone who
0: can give them the, the daily Right. And uh, certainly current um, updates. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And certainly we um, For one really good resource is the link on our website, because we are updating that every single day as, um, as things are changing. And so to the extent that one of your listeners is listening right away on Sunday with us or two days after that, or two days after that, those, those resources will be updated and will be helpful. And if you have follow-up questions for your specific situation there are phone numbers on there for people that are definitely in the know and tracking it second by second so certainly we want to okay. be a resource as much as we can which is what we're doing um and also right. of course working remotely like everyone else
3: well we're going to be lucky nicole to have you as i mentioned um at the open you're going to be our new legal watch contributor and i'm so excited because i think once all of this is over and it really starts to settle down Um, You'll probably be going in a different direction than what you had planned initially um, when we first met um, before all of this happened. So um, but listen, I want to have our listeners get to know you a little bit more and and dive right into your story. And you and I've had some great conversations. Um, And one of the things that struck me about your upbringing Uh, was your dad's upbringing as being Mm -hmm. one of 16 kids growing up on a dairy farm. Uh, Tell me what your relationship is with him and, and what he instilled in you as far
0: as being a leader. Well, I mean, I have a really close relationship with my dad. I often reach out to him for advice. He's always been a business owner and really taught me through his own actions that success takes a lot of hard work. It's just constant effort for improvement. I think that that is something that I carry pretty deeply and have um, used throughout my entire life to, you know, move myself forward in my career and otherwise. So that's been, you know, a really big and strong influence for me.
3: Yeah. You grew up in Wisconsin and you were the oldest and you were the Um, oldest. And yeah, what, you know, uh, being the oldest is often um, an experience that, that leads someone to be, in leadership positions or kind of
0: taking control. Was that the case for you? I would say definitely in my case, I fit into that stereotype. Um, My baby sister, as I still call her, despite the fact that she's absolutely grown up with her own children, um, is just two and a half years younger than I am. But since she was born, I definitely um, felt like it was my primary responsibility in life to protect her. That was my sole goal and responsibility. And I think that's certainly a large part of what led me to pursue a career in law, just that need to protect people that I care about. And now definitely that protectionist feeling extends to my clients and um, my colleagues, and I think that it has served them well as much as it has me.
3: Yeah. Um, Listen, clearly you were a good student. You graduated from New York University Magna Cum Laude um, and also William Mitchell College. Uh, magna cum laude. Did school always come easy to you?
0: I don't know that it so much came really easily to me as I was willing to put in the effort. There were many nights that I was in the law library until midnight. And in fact, I mean, at some level, I really enjoy putting in that effort and knowing that it will reap results for me. So um, it was hard, but also kind of a source of pride. So I would not say it was easily won, but definitely worth the, worth the time and effort.
3: Listen, we're going to go into our first break. And when we come back, I want to talk about something that you've learned throughout your personal and professional uh, career as far as having thick skin. Stay with us for our finance watch. We'll be right back.
2: If you believe that family, charity, or money is deeply important for the greater good, Fortis Wealth invites you to a highly personalized financial discovery process to help you visualize your financial legacy. It's not for everyone, but if you're willing to invest the time and thought, they can offer advice and strategies to help you accomplish your dreams. Fortis Advisors is a wholly owned subsidiary of Fortis Wealth, an investment advisor registered with the Securities and Exchange Commission. Visit Fortis-Wealth.com today because tomorrow is waiting. Women to watch. Finance watch.
5: Hi, this is Terry, and I'm from Fortis Wealth. The Coronavirus Aid, Relief, and Economic Security Act, or CARES, was signed into law on March 27th. It includes one-time payments to certain individuals and provides other benefits to both individuals and businesses. Let's highlight a few of the changes. The CARES Act expands the use of health savings accounts to cover over-the-counter medical products, such as drugs and surgical masks without a prescription, and certain other services. It also allows these accounts to pay for certain menstrual care products as eligible medical expenses. Retirement plan loan balance have doubled to $100,000. Then there's a new type of hardship withdrawal, up to $100,000, for participants in 401k plans and IRAs who are affected by COVID-19. This distribution is not subject to the 10% early withdrawal penalty and may be repaid over three years. Income taxes will still be owed on withdrawals, but the tax can be paid over three years. Please note that employers are not required to offer this hardship withdrawal benefit. For retirees, the 2020 required minimum distributions are suspended, and this provision is not limited to participants affected by the coronavirus. Certain small businesses that have been impacted by COVID-19 will be able to take out loans, which will be eligible for forgiveness if used to cover payroll and other expenses like rent and utilities, along with other tax credit opportunities. Other benefits for businesses include a delay in the employer's portion of the Social Security payroll tax and more flexible net operating loss rules to take immediate refunds, among others. The CARES Act provides for $454 billion in emergency lending to states and municipalities and to airlines and other businesses critical to U.S. national security. Another $150 billion is allocated to state and local governments to offset amounts used to respond to the pandemic. Please note that this is a high-level overview and that many of the provisions have very specific requirements. Some of them are temporary and others are permanent. Please consult with your financial advisor to get the specific details you need. Please stay safe and take care of each other. This is Terry. Peace out.
3: Welcome back to the show. I'm talking to Nicole Hittner this evening, and Nicole is a partner with Ballard Spar, one of the largest firms in the country, and she's going to be our brand new Legal Watch on air contributor. Um, so I'm, I'm very happy to welcome her to the show. Um, Nicole, one of the things that you learned throughout your life and career has been the ability to have a thicker skin. And I think it's something that most people um, Wish they had, and and especially women. Um, how did how were you able to do it?
0: Well, it's definitely something I'm still working on. I would say practice for sure. That's the, I mean, growing up, I certainly did not have a very thick skin, and my dad was always saying to me, "Be like a duck and let it roll off your back." The rain of life, I suppose, is what he meant. um But really, it took practice and kind of a focus on that sometimes. Um, so it's an ongoing journey, definitely, but something I think that's important if you're not going to crumble under pressure.
3: Is there is there an experience you may have had in your career where um, you really recognized the fact that, you know, you had turned the corner?
0: Sure, yeah, I would say there is one time, and this is probably the only time In my career fortunately for me which I know is not the case for a lot of other people but the one time in my career where I really um, was slapped in the face with what I perceived to be certainly a pretty strong gender bias I was on a conference call for a deal that I was doing um, there were dozens of other people on the call and we were the buyer we were you know counsel for the buyer and opposing counsel was asking for a deal provision that we weren't willing to give, and certainly was a, an ask that most people wouldn't be willing to give. And I kind of explained the reasons I thought very clearly and logically to him, you know, in front of these dozens of people on this call. And his reaction was to just want into this attack of me. And he. there's no other way to explain it than he was just berating me in front of all of these people, my client, his client, all of these other attorneys. And when he was done, I just thought, wow, I'm just going to let that sit there and sink in. And I'm not going to jump to my own defense or um, fumble around trying to explain a different way. And I just let it sit there. It really felt like five minutes. It was probably 10 seconds but one of my (laughs) one of my male colleagues then actually who is a pretty quiet guy so i'm sure it was uncomfortable enough for everyone else that it was just hanging in the air but he stepped in and he repeated i mean verbatim what i had said and the attorney who had attacked me for saying that responded with you know oh, okay thanks yeah that really makes a lot of sense and i appreciate you explaining that And I thought, you know, wow, I just, I cannot believe that just happened. It was the exact same words that I had used and um, had a totally different effect. And, you know, I think certainly I was surprised at myself that I wasn't super devastated and really sad or upset about that. I just thought, you know, that that is his issue, not mine. And that was kind right. of a surprising moment for me. I don't know when I got to that point, but um, I think little by little over time, I had built up enough confidence and a thick skin enough to just just understand that that wasn't my issue that he was having.
3: <laughs> and I think you did the exact right thing by by not responding because everyone on that call probably recognized what he had just done.
0: I think it would have been really um, apparent to anyone listening to that, especially given the response immediately after that, which was the exact same thing that I had originally said. So it just reinforced it. It was surprising. And uh, thankfully for me, the only real time that I can, I'm sure there have been other tiny micro um, biases that I've encountered and just haven't even paid much attention to. So I've been fortunate that, um, you know, that is, something that I've been able to skirt. And I think that, um, you know, that's not the case for all women. And um, I'm happy to have surrounded myself with people that have, um, you know, treated me well, regardless of um, gender or race or age or any of the things that other people struggle with.
3: You know, you've actually had quite a number of men who have been advocates for you throughout your legal career. And I wonder if you can describe why do you think it has more of an impact um, when men in the profession um, are right there supporting um, you as opposed to perhaps another
0: female colleague? Um, Well, I mean, so you're right. I have been very fortunate to be surrounded by um, men who have been advocates for me that, that really have just never treated me differently than, you know, any of my male counterparts. So I, I think that that perception of difference between men and women is what often ends up hurting women, both from a compensation standpoint and from an advancement standpoint. And so, you know, I think it does carry more weight with some external, um, Third parties, because when a man is um, advocating for a woman, they don't—they maybe aren't seen as having, you know, a vested interest in women succeeding necessarily. So um, you don't have your own. It's easier to speak for someone else and be taken more seriously than if it looks like you're advocating for your own self or your own gender. Sometimes I think it just lends a little bit more weight.
3: Right. I I agree. Um, you focus primarily on mergers, acquisitions, um, right. Selling off subsidiary businesses. Mm -hmm. Tell me, um, is there one area that you enjoy over another? And then I wonder if you, if you really know what skills it is that you have that, that make you so good at your job?
0: Well, I do like the acquisition piece of it more than divestitures, partly because of the just the ongoing relationships that I'm able to keep. Sometimes when you are selling a client, that's the end of the client relationship. Certainly not the end of the personal relationship, but um, often the buyer of your client has their own counsel that they intend to continue on with. And That is something that I really, really enjoy about my job is the personal connections both with my colleagues and with my clients and that's what really, you know, feeds my soul about the legal work that I do is just the the people piece of it. And so with an acquisition, then I am the counsel that is continuing on and a lot of times I become, you know, essentially outside general counsel and so ongoing questions that um, companies have that they were trying to work through themselves, they'll reach out to me for because they've started to really see me as, you know, more than just the deal lawyer. And that's probably something that is a skill that keeps me um, with clients and makes me good at my job, but also an added value that I think I've Added to my clients' legal work is the business acumen that I have from having, um, you know, an undergraduate degree in accounting and a CPA, and I practiced public accounting for a while. And I also have the lens of business owners, which is helpful a lot of times. My dad owned multiple businesses throughout my life. Um, My family now owns a restaurant. I mean, we, I think business owners in general just have a different lens about life and you know
3: what Nicole hold that thought we have to go into our next break and we'll pick it up when we come back stay with us for our health watch with Dr. Marianne Ritchie 215- Two three 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 one seven seven. that's MSJACAD.org or dot o r g or two one five two three 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 one seven seven
4: now the women to watch health watch for health watch i'm dr marianne ritchie last week we learned that social distancing in china and south korea has made a big difference in decreasing covid cases now we have our own data It made a significant difference in Washington state and California. Researchers, government officials say that keeping people apart early bought precious time and may have helped in the long run. We've also learned that 25% of people with COVID have no symptoms. That means that people who feel fine may be shedding the virus and causing severe illness or even death in other people. And not just the elderly or people with medical problems, we're also seeing it in younger people. And for those who do have symptoms, about 30% of them will have a falsely negative COVID test. That means they have COVID, but the blood test says they don't. For now, we shelter in until the end of April because models predict the surge is about to start in several states. Plus, if we lift the shelter in too early, COVID may get out of control again. Dr. Anthony Fauci says social distancing is going to be the answer to our problems. Convinced yet? Unlike countries where police force people to stay home, we live in a land of freedom. Choose to do the right thing. If we decrease numbers of cases that come at the same time, hospitals won't get overwhelmed and will face less of a struggle to provide beds, staff, masks, and ventilators. Tune in to Your Radio Doctor each Sunday morning at 10 o'clock on WPHT for a weekly COVID update and join other Your Radio Doctor listeners to wave your American flag. This virus is an enemy for all of us. No one wants to get sick or lose their job. Hang the U.S. flag in front of your home or business. We're all in this together. This is Philadelphia, home of Rocky Balboa. We'll fight this together. Let those magnificent stars and stripes be a show of unity, because divas, you're from the land of the free and the home of the brave.
3: Welcome back. I'm having a great conversation with our brand new Legal Watch contributor, Nicole Hittner. And just before the break, um, we had to kind of cut it short. I wanted you to talk a little bit more about that. You were talking about the advantage to, you know, um, being a business owner. You know, entrepreneurship is so much different than working for a corporation. And um, you were describing that difference.
0: I think that... um it is helpful to have that lens just as a business owner because of the emotions that go into a transaction for a lot of people and a lot of business owners. So often when someone is selling their company or is buying a company that has been built by a seller, there's just a lot of emotion that goes into it and I can identify with that and um, really knowing how it feels to have built something and then be letting it go, which is actually something that I've advised a couple of my sellers on when they've asked me as they're getting ready to sell. What is the thing that people regret most? And, you know, it's the loss of control. So it's yeah. been your baby the whole time and then it's not. So I think having knowledge of that and being able to um, identify with those emotions is helpful.
3: Yeah, I agree. Um, Something you're very committed to is is helping with the advancement of careers of other women. And I know that Ballard SPAR has its own initiatives and um, you co-chair the Ballard Women, focusing on recruitment, retention, and advancement. Um, Which area do you think needs the most effort when it it comes to those three?
0: Well, they're definitely all important, but if I had to choose one, I would say advancement, because that really feeds the others. Um, If, you know, the women in the firm are feeling like they are advancing and growing and getting what they need to build their skills and their practice, they will stay. So retention then is kind of taken care of. And similarly, recruitment flows from that. I would say as women are looking at different firms, they're looking at um, how many female equity partners are there and how many women are there in leadership roles and can I make this work for me? Have other women made it work for them? Is this the right home for me? So I think provided you are really giving women opportunities for advancement, a lot of the other stuff falls in place.
3: I don't know if you know this answer, Nicole, but I'm wondering if in your experience, are you seeing more retention? Because I will tell you, I've interviewed quite a number of women who ended up leaving the legal profession and became entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. um, you know, just for the, the roadblocks.
0: Yeah, I would say I do know the answer to that question. And the current, like, gold standard, it seems, is 21% female equity partners. If you hit that, um, in a law firm, then you are going to receive all kinds of awards, and be seen is a great place for women to work. Ballard Bar is actually slightly above that. We have 28% female equity partners. We have women in pretty much every leadership role um, on our board, on our compensation committee, that um, is approximately um, 50% in a lot of cases on a lot of those committees and leadership roles. So that is you know certainly something we're focused on it would be great to have that number be similar to the number of women that come out of law schools which is almost exactly the same number of men that come out of law schools Um, and women that start at law firms same it's about half and half and you're right a lot of women do feel like they're hitting roadblocks or this just isn't the right life for them for whatever reason or the right firm and they leave firms. Um, certainly, something that we're trying to change, and we're having a little better success than a lot of firms. But I mean, there's definitely work to be done, um, and you know, solutions to be found to keep great, talented legal minds from leaving. Right.
3: And you know what? I always think about the fact that it is a career that you can do part time. So, if, for instance, you know, becoming uh, a mother stands in the way at a certain point in your life i i also know a fair number of female attorneys that work part-time from home
0: mm-hmm. yeah
3: so that's that another is, advantage that I mean,
0: yeah definitely um, there, i mean we've seen now with the um 19 impact that a lot of people are now working from home that previously weren't and i think that a lot of industries law firms included are going to really need to take a hard look at, um, can we make this work more on an ongoing basis, even after the pandemic has subsided? Because I think that that is something that really will be valuable and beneficial to a lot of parents, a lot of people just in general, not having to deal with the commute and the juggling and being able to just be more flexible with your work.
3: By the way, you're a mother. You have, uh, right? You have uh, three? Do you have, Right? Three yeah
0: three uh, three little people you,
3: three little people that you're taking care of in addition to you know the work that you're doing <laughs> so let let me ask you a kind of a personal question in all of what's going on today, we all have a lot of um, fear you know and anxiety because there's just so much unknown. I don't know that we've ever really experience that kind of, as we talked about at the top of the show, it's just a day-to-day, minute-by-minute unknown. So as someone who, you know, likes to to be in control, right, and be really, (laughs) um, uh, I don't know if you're a perfectionist or not, but how yes, are you? I don't I want to am. say how are you. Okay. So what is your, I'll ask you it this way. What's your, your mantra? What, when you're starting to have those moments of anxiety, because we all are, what do you say to yourself that kind of brings you back, gives you that levity, um, you know, to, to, to not kind of spiral?
0: Well, we're certainly making lists at my house, and that is really helpful for me to feel like here's the universe of things that we want to get done. We're all going to work together as a team to do them. And whether that's homework or um, me having, you know, separate time to work or cleaning rooms or whatever the task is, um, being able to number one, lay out what it is. And then number two, tackle it as a team is what's really holding it together on our end.
3: Well, it sounds like you're living by the mantra we're all in this together, which is everywhere. Um, we're going to go into our last break. When we come back, I want to talk about your involvement in the Girl Scouts of America. Stay with okay. us for our Tech Watch with Mary Manzo. We'll be right back.
4: Introducing Pathways Consulting Group, a company that will align your IT needs with your business goals. Pathways is a full-service ServiceNow partner. What does that mean? It's simple. Pathways will collaborate and design, develop, and deploy solutions for your company today that will define tomorrow. Pathways will provide world-class enterprise service management solutions. Pathways Consulting Group. They listen. They care. They execute. Go to PathwaysCG.com. That's PathwaysCG.com. Now, the women to watch.
1: Hi, I'm Mary Manso from Pathways Consulting Group. Technology is changing the speed in which companies produce work and the way work gets done. As many companies are adopting the new norm of working from home, they're recognizing that they weren't as prepared as they thought they were. Now more than ever, it's essential to create automated ways of getting information and work to their employees. At Pathways, we implement ServiceNow, which is a cloud-based platform that automates tasks for HR, IT, customer service, finance, project management, and the list goes on even tasks that go across departments. At this point in time, many of our clients are working with us to modify their automated services and alerts to better equip their employees at home. Some recent projects include automated message boards on employee portals, reporting of critical incidences, crisis management, and emergency response, to name a few. Restructuring knowledge bases and articles that can quickly address answers to everyday questions and include such things as state and federal mandated information as it pertains to the coronavirus. The knowledge base speeds up the time it takes to get answers and allows employees to resolve their issues on their own. Mobile access is now critical for many employees, so we're working with clients to ensure they're using mobile applications effectively, which will keep people informed by pushing alerts and notifications to their employees' phones. While we roll out the new automated services, we're providing virtual training, helping employees embrace the change that automation brings by helping them learn the new ways to get their work completed. As we settle into the new way we get work done, companies cannot afford to miss a beat. They must get innovative and market in a new way. Because of this, automation will become critical to many businesses. We're very sympathetic to the needs of business and are here to help. If you'd like more information on how our team can help you, please reach out to me at Mary at PathwaysCG.com or visit our website at www.PathwaysCG.com. Thank you and stay safe. Now more of Women
4: to Watch with Sue Rocco. Talk Radio 1210 WPHD.
3: Nicole, one of the things you're involved in outside of um, your work is with Arts of America. And um, I wanted to know, well, first, why why did you decide to, to put some of your um, energy there? And how do you see young girls today with regard to self-esteem and confidence?
0: Well, I was um, a Girl Scout when I was growing up, certainly. I don't know that I would have necessarily thought to get involved with what is undoubtedly a great organization, but for the fact that my oldest daughter um, joined the Girl Scouts when she was in first grade and I just kind of found myself getting more and more involved as she was getting more and more involved. And, you know, it's something that really draws you in. It's really, really neat to see how um, girls now are just convinced and positive that they can do anything and they're going to do It as a team and they at least the exposure that i've had to these girls is that they are supportive of each other and they are going to help each other achieve the goals that they've set for themselves whether it's big or small and it's it's just really amazing to see and really um inspiring even as an adult
3: do you think that the girls today with all of the um initiatives and and um groups and books and speakers, you know, there's so much going on for women's empowerment. Do you, Mm -hmm. when you look at these young girls, do you think, gosh, they have so much more confidence than I did when I was a little girl?
0: Yeah, I think that's probably right. It hits it right on the head. Um, I think that it's, you know, luckily for them, been really focused on and especially with some of the STEM and the. Um, just the push in of the confidence and the information and the opportunities. Girls aren't having to go out and seek a lot of these opportunities on their own. Um, which, you know, when we were growing up was a little bit more self starter to try to find some of this. And right. I think we are really handing it to girls and they're grabbing it with both hands and it's really awesome. So I'm happy to have kids in this. Generation of you know opportunity.
3: Yeah, um, if you're just popping in, I'm speaking to Nicole Hittner, uh, partner with Ballard Spar Law Firm, and she's going to be our new legal watch contributor. Um, one of the things you do is is you have the opportunity to speak um, with regard Thank to you. the work that you're doing within the firm for for women's advancement, and I wonder if there's one when you have that opportunity to be in front of a large audience of women, is there one message if they don't walk away with anything but one message what is that
0: for you well i don't think there is one message i just hope that something i've said resonates with every person that's hearing me and that i've provided value in a way that they need that day or that moment or that point in their career or life um i think that there are so many little pieces of hope or inspiration or advice that we can get from so many different places. I just hope that I'm giving each person something to think about.
3: Um, As our new legal watch on air contributor at some point, I wonder if you can share with the listeners just a few of the things that you might be bringing to the show or talking about or um, hope to hope to bring.
0: Sure. Well, I think that In the last several weeks it's become pretty apparent that people are the largest assets for businesses and really we need to be focusing on how to best leverage that asset and we you can expect that I will talk some about the development of the law around that area just triggered by what's been going on and also substantially more right in my wheelhouse The impact that this pandemic is having on deals, deal structuring and deal timing and the language in contracts and what happens if something like this happens ever again, which, of course, everyone is crossing their fingers that it does not. But just how we can be ready from a legal standpoint um, in the event that something does happen that's similar.
3: Have you guys been kind of bombarded with calls since all this has been going on more than you typically would be?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think that there's just so much uncertainty and um, we are definitely fielding a lot of, I have just a quick question calls that we weren't before, um, Mm. which is, you know, great. It's good to be a resource and we certainly are all open to that, but there are there's just so much uncertainty um, on what can I do, what can't I do from everyone that we are, we are fielding a lot of calls and we're happy to do it and um, we'll all get through it together. Nicole, what would
3: you say has been the toughest challenge for you? Has it been, you know, uh, work related or would you say more personal where it's just kind of keeping everybody together and calm and uh, you know, Keep the family going.
0: Well, I'm, I'm very fortunate that um, my children seem very unfazed by the flipping over to the distance learning. And maybe it's their ages. So, of course, they miss their friends, but they've got you know connections where they can do FaceTime and stuff. So I think from a family front, I've been very fortunate that that is all clicking along smoothly. It's logistics that's been the trickiest thing on our end, the logistics of Um, both being in charge of them during the day and some of their learning needs, adult supervision, and being able to organize that with the logistics of previously what was my own time. So you know, I get up earlier.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Good thing. We're all, we're very good multitaskers. uh, Exactly.
0: (laughs) We're really being
3: challenged with that right now. Listen, I'm so grateful that uh, you took the time to be on the show because I know how very busy you are. And we're so looking forward to having you on weekly for a two minute segment. So please stay well. And uh, we'll be talking to you soon, Nicole.
0: Thanks so much. That's absolutely my pleasure.
3: That's it, everyone, for another week of Women To Watch. Thank you to our sponsors, uh, our watch team, for helping me bring you the real story behind her title. Every week here on Women To Watch Media, Uh, I hope you all stay safe and well, and we'll see you here next week. Take care.
2: Thanks for listening to Women to Watch with Sue Rocco, a Jacob Media production. If you're interested in learning more about the power of the radio hour, contact Joe Kraus at 267-261-3428. This program is a paid commercial announcement and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. Today's program has been pre-recorded